You're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. I heard it. Oh. Sewing and Growing. Oh, there you go. Thank you for having Welcome me. Welcome everyone to, to Sewing and Growing. <laughs> you want to do the intro? No, I just did it. Okay, he did it. Now, now you're going to do it. Like I did the fake intro, now you're going to do the real one. Okay, I'm going to do the real intro. <laughs> Spoken for my guests. We'll take advice. He's leading the podcast. Hey, what do you want You're to talk already about? building a leadership I, team with us. I hear you have some questions for me. <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome to the Sewing and Growing Podcast with J&J and A this week. J&J and A. Uh, that being Addison Bevere. Um, we are stoked. I was trying to think of a, a fancy word, and I said stoked. Stoked is great. Stoked is good. I like it. Um, we are very excited to have you on this podcast with us. Um, those of you who are listening and don't know, we uh, wrapped up our men's conference here um, just recently, and we had Addison and John Bevere as our guest speakers, and it was a phenomenal weekend. Um, I don't know what you think about no, it. I thought it was phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. and It was good. It was fun. Also came and spoke to our Sunday congregation. So thank you for yeah. just really being with us the whole weekend, Addison. Yeah, it's it's a blast. I love being here. I also really love watching the videos of you two. <laughs> cool. So definitely a highlight God, of the weekend. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. I yeah, know your dad welcome. told us that last time and it put some pressure on us. Um, like but he, was on, good. he was, was on this podcast with no, you last time? Oh, he no. should be next time. Yeah. We would love can, to. No, last time he was at the church, he, he talked to us about our video announcements. And he actually said, you guys need to be more funny. I felt, I mean, I felt like it was good. Yeah. I think, you I mean, gotta, the height thing at the beginning, standing tall. Yeah. You got to have a nice balance between info and humor, and you can't bury the lead. The lead is always the info. And we've mm. blurred blur the acceptable line of humor and information. <laughs> you a few times. We've sat, you we've tested that boundary. Yes. We tested that really boundary. Doing it. A few and times. Uh, we've gotten, yeah, we have. That's good. Once. I mean, you know, off the record, good? that's that's good. Well, it's, it's good. actually on the record of the it's podcast. Good. I guess <laughs> we'll be on the record for as Listen, long as this podcast It's is good to define what the comfort zone is and, and challenge it in ways that are healthy. Are you are you telling me I shouldn't be afraid of that confrontation of saying you went too far? I'm saying you shouldn't be afraid of the discomfort zone. Discomfort, okay. like there's a discomfort zone that's kind of in the middle, and then there's delusional. <laughs> and you want to stay away from yeah, delusional. Stay away from the delusion. Yeah. Like just stay, stay like away from people, that. Like those people, yeah, who who try to get on American Idol and these don't have it. They're yeah. operating they're in they're delusion. Operating some delusion, exactly. And then I operate in some pity when I watch it. See, I, I just laugh. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> we say this in the podcast sometimes. The pup is the point. And it gets way off, but we have a leash and it, it, it extends, but we're going to reel it back in. We have a retractable I, leash. Yes, a retractable leash. It's coming in. You are the chief operating officer of Messenger International. You're, you're awesome. You've written books. We learned today that he's actually helped write a song. Yes. How else would you like to describe yourself, Addison? Well, I, I mean, yes, I've done some of those things. Um, but I would say, <laughs> which, which one did we state that you didn't do? No, I guess, okay, I guess I have done oh, all man. of those things um, in various ways. Now, I would say the thing for me is I'm a son and um, I'm a husband, I'm a father. I tell, I tell my kids, I tell my wife all the time at the end of my life, when I look back at my life, what's most important to me is that I'm respected and loved and cherished by those closest to me. Yeah. So I would say that's where I start the defining process when it comes to figuring out who I am as a person. Everything else is an outflow yeah. of the confidence of who I am and what God has placed on my life. So, Praise God. Very well said. I'm also a better golfer than Jonathan. 
<laughs> just, I, I, just, you, just you both are just, better golfers listen, than me. Just, we, just statistically, that's all I'm saying. Just statistically. Yeah, I'm not saying if we actually went out there on the course. We haven't done that I yet. Could, we haven't done it, so I can't definitively say I'm better, but I'm pretty sure it'd be, we'd have a good time. I feel like we'd be, you would, you would be better than me. I feel like we would maybe hit the ball that we're on the same distance. Yeah. I, I, you I seem like up. a big hitter. I mean, you actually told all the men that you're a big hitter. I did. I, I think I might have said I drove that one like 360, 370. Yeah. I thought you said 380. Yeah. You, I think you, you put kept pushing the numbers. I did. Did yeah. I get it to 380? <laughs> <laughs> I did. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's a, that's a long drive. That is. That like is. On, a, on, a windy, on a windy day at the Remax long drive, that would win. Yeah, that's, that's true. I did hit this one drive. I was playing this golf tournament. And I hit this drive, and the caddy looked at me afterwards, and he said, I've been caddying here all summer, and I've never seen anyone hit the ball that far. That's awesome. I'm going to tell you, I don't know if he was going for like a good tip or what that day, <laughs> but I felt awesome. <laughs> I felt pumped. <laughs> what, I, what I'm not telling you is my first drive went out of bounds, and it was the <laughs> second and drive. And I took a seven on the hole. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's actually what happened. I did take a seven on the hole. So, uh, so who go. hits the ball farther, you or Arden? Arden. Arden. No, you already knew the answer Arden. to that question. Uh, no, no question. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard, like, he's like a, a, a myth or a legend because I've heard stories about him just hitting it, like, it's incredibly an, it's, far. It, and he makes it look so effortless. His yeah. swing is so long and fluid. That's it's, awesome. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know if I want to play golf against him. And for those of you who don't know, Arden is your brother. My, my youngest yeah. brother, who is by far the best golfer yeah. in the family. And I'm okay with going on record saying that. He is by far the You're best golfer. You're better than Jonathan, but Arden's way better than you. Arden. On record. Oh, he on is. Record. He is. Ooh, he is. So, yeah. How do we get off on that? That's what happens on I, this podcast. You, you, okay. you, made, you just made, made the point. at you. <laughs> and we just went with it. being a better golfer. Yeah, yeah. And then we went on like a three-minute You made an tangent. unfounded jab. But it's I thought you guys were talking about handicap earlier. Yes, it was a statistical jab. We're about to get back on the jab, and I want to get off the jab if we can. The the pup is wondering right now. (laughs) Uh, We asked. We always like to give our guests an open Mm -hmm. floor to talk about whatever they like to talk about. You've been kind enough to not have an agenda with us and let us do our thing. And I did have some thoughts. I'd like to ask some questions. Uh, One of the greatest moments of just being in ministry and doing things in ministry was honestly the first stand tall men's conference we did. We did a panel. I don't know if you yeah. remember that. No, it was fun. And I, I loved moderating mm-hmm. that panel and I am impressed by you. And actually I wanted to start off this conversation with the question off a statement that your dad, John Bevere made at the men's conference. He said that since you are the chief operating officer of messenger international, which I believe was started by your father, correct? Correct. Yeah. He mentioned how you've served in a place God's called you even through pain and difficulty and had longevity in that. And now because of that faithfulness, which we learned today, faithfulness has to do with multiplication, you are rising into amazing things. But, and I'll say this first, and he made the statement that you really speak to this generation and I know you do. I don't see longevity serving another man's vision and staying in a place consistently for a long time as values we practice predominantly in the millennial and the Gen Z generation. (laughs) So can you speak to that? How did you learn that? How did you cultivate that? It's a lost, it really is a lost art, right? So if you look at the way craftsmanship used to work, you would be an apprentice to someone for an extended period of time. And you wouldn't have the pressure of having it all figured out. You would be responsible to learn, to grow, to observe. 
And I think right now with the way we're approaching purpose and calling and the pressure and the comparisons and all of that leads people to believe that they have to have all of the answers. They have to be self-sufficient very early in their Mm. discovery process. And they run from anything that could feel like friction in their discovery process because they view that as invalidation when in fact it's the friction that validates Mm. the growth opportunity potential. Like an iron sharpening iron kind of friction? iron sharpening. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And so... The, the idea of, of growth is you need like, you need to be safe. Um, you obviously need to be with someone who, who has your best interests in mind, who believes in you, um, who wants to see whatever God has placed on you. He, they want to see that flourish. But you have to realize that leaders are going to be disruptive in your life because that is the vocation of a leader. Right. Like, we think of leaders as cheerleaders. You can do it. Like that's it, Good and job, that's the everybody. And that's Pizza the response. Bombs out. It's, yeah, it's to affirm everything that we <laughs> see in ourselves. But if <laughs> if your leader wasn't disruptive in your life, then how in the world are you going to grow beyond what you currently are? Right. And so for for me, I've navigated that on multiple levels with my leader, also being my father, which yeah, adds another, adds another dimension difficult yeah. of difficulty. Demand. One one hundred percent. But it's worth it, man. It's so like I, I mentioned this at the men's event, what James writes about counting all joy when you go through various trials. Mm-hmm. And he's he's describing a process, really a process of sonship is what he's describing there. Anytime scripture talks about the process of suffering, it's the process of discovering what you already are. Mm-hmm. And I think so many of us, we have this idea of what we are, and we want everyone else to bend a knee to our idea of what we are, instead of going through the process of refining, of discovering, and, and truly realizing like what we're made of, what we're capable of through the friction and through the tension of life. Like that's when we discover. And that's why there's a whole movement right now. If you even, I mean, look across the, the, the board when it comes to development and self-improvement, mm-hmm. more and more people are gravitating toward grit and do the hard right. thing and go through the hard stuff because that really is where the good stuff is found. And we have basically trained a generation, like do everything that you can to avoid something that's going to rock the boat. And it's mm. creating um, a lot of people who don't have depth, who don't have longevity. And who also aren't willing to do the hard work of cultivating a vision because they haven't watched someone else steward a vision. Right. Mm. Like that's real. Like visions, like to steward a vision, like we we see something and we're like, oh yeah, like I see where you are now, but we don't understand the nuances, the complexities that got them to that point. But when right. you come alongside and you serve, you start to see nuances and complexities that help you develop cultivate, your own yeah, vision. The vision. So so there's this there's this proverb, and it says, purpose in the heart of a man is like deep waters, mm-hmm. but a man of understanding draws it out. So it's an allusion to a well. Okay. So when yeah. we think of calling as a transaction. Like, God, tell me what I'm called to do, and then I'm going to go do it. But uh, especially young people listening to me right now, like, you really can't handle the full understanding of what you're called to do. Mm-hmm. And God, he didn't design us to just be these people who are programmed and then sent out to do work. He designed us to enjoy and discover and harmonize with life the way he designs and desires us to enjoy and participate in it. And we, before this podcast, we had mentioned some words we hear Addison use that you love. Otherness is one about the otherness, otherness. the hallowedness of God's name. <laughs> Another one I hear a lot is leaning into something that you say is tension. Yes. Yeah. But isn't there some relational tension that we should grow accustomed to or 
find some joy in leaning into that relational tension with God of what we're called mm-hmm. to do in the process to draw that up. Absolutely. I mean, tension's a part of life. You can't grow without tension. Um, tension is a signpost to hope. Mm-hmm. The only way to eradicate tension is to abandon hope. Right. You so, mentioned that at the I men's did. conference. I did. I mentioned that the I mentioned at the men's conference. And so for us, when we look at tension, you take a step back and like, okay, what is the source of this tension? A lot of times it goes sideways just because we have no idea what the source is. When you take a step back and you identify the source of the tension, then you learn to manage it. So that's the key. It's not eradicating it, it's managing it. And I, I talk to teams about this all the time with team dynamics. Like there's this idyllic approach to leadership where it's like, we're going to do everything that we can to eradicate tension. And the truth is that's not the leader's responsibility. Like the moment you do that, you create a static team that's incapable of doing anything. Your responsibility is to create an environment that's comfortable with tension because tension speaks to a dynamic nature. It speaks to opportunity. It speaks to ideas. It speaks to growth and potential. And so Tension well, is good. And if you, I mean, if you don't have tension on your team, then you probably have a very silent team that's not voicing in a, uh, you know, their opinions or their thoughts on something. You know, I, I run a few different teams and, you know, sometimes people go, I'll just do whatever I can to avoid the drama or avoid the tension. I've heard that in meetings, but people aren't voicing a frustration or something like that. And so something gets swept under the rug. Eventually your team's going to fall apart because you're trying to avoid tension so much that it builds up eventually. And it uh, comes out. And it comes out. It comes out sideways. And it can destroy teams. Absolutely. Um, So I would just think, you know, if if nobody wanted to voice their opinion on something because they were afraid of tension, um, like, why am I running this team? I mean, it would just be a bunch of robots or yes men. And I don't want that. I, I have a team around me because I have blind spots. And they might see something that I don't, but if they're too afraid of tension, and I know we're, we're, there's there's the manifold nature of tension that you know we're talking about it in a few different aspects here. But as as far as the team is concerned, like you said, I think that's very healthy, um, and how you manage it. Oh, absolutely. And I think one of the reasons why it gets out of control is when people either try to avoid it or they don't understand it. Right. If you avoid it, you're gonna get you're gonna find yourselves in trouble because eventually it's just gonna blow up. Yeah. If you don't understand it you're not going to leverage the tension. Mm-hmm. And there is a right way to navigate tension. And it goes back to kind of what I was sharing earlier. It's, it's ultimately, it's respect. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the ability to, to see the other person, to understand where they're coming from, and, and to be willing to go to those hard places with them to mm-hmm. achieve an outcome or result or a reality that's greater than any one of you individually could achieve on your own. Like that's where tension becomes worth it. Yeah. You'd said at the men's conference, I may be misquoting you and you can correct me if I am, but you said to have the difficult conversations with the right people at the right place, at the right time time. with the right heart, the right heart. Yeah. That's kind of the precursor, the prerequisite to going into those conversations, right? Absolutely. And I mean, I've made enough mistakes as a leader where I go into situations presumptuously and it's like everything is telling me the situation looks like this going into it. But I get in there and I discover one or two things and then I look like a complete idiot. And if I would (laughs) have just gone in there and if I would have sought to understand what was going on in that moment, asked a few questions, then I would have been able to speak in a way that would connect the people involved with the things that were really were problematic and that they needed to hear, connect them with those truths. And so it's just, it's just one of those things, man, with humility as, as leaders, 
And as people who want to grow, we have got right. to operate in humility. Humility creates safety. And I, and I know that the, the, the teams that feel safe, the families that feel safe, those are the teams, the families, the churches, mm-hmm. you can apply to whatever. Those are the people who can actually do something extraordinary yeah. because they're willing to take risks. They're willing to try something. They're willing to be wrong because they feel safe. I know you have something special in your life because the moments that I've heard you speak, the moments that I've heard you share, I've grabbed moments and I go, man, I wish I had a time to deeper dive in. I'm thankful for this time. Mm. In 2019, I was at Messengers and Sons of Daughters Rise Conference. There was a question. Rise event. Rise event. Rise event. Yeah, it wasn't a conference event. He's right. right. You're right. He's right. I didn't even go. I'm (laughs) impressed that you... Yeah, that's really impressive. He's the one who actually told me it was the event. I just, it was an I event. just remember yeah, they were we, like, no, we it's, not, it's not another conference. Yeah. conference it's an event. Rise yeah, event. And there was a Q&A panel, and there was a question on purpose, and you had made mention how a lot of our discussion on purpose is unfruitful about mm-hmm. how we approach it and how it can be oppressive and cause probably anxiety. Can you help this generation, and honestly, even people any in generation. their 50s and 60s in any generation, approach that topic with a different perspective that can actually produce fruit in their lives? Oh, yeah. Okay. So going back, I'll hit on what I, I talked about earlier. Um, the whole idea of purpose in the heart of a man is like deep waters. Yes. A man of understanding draws it out. So that is an allusion to a well. And when you, when you think of a well, you don't go to a well one time and then you're good for the rest of your life. You go back to it again and again and again. And we get in trouble when we think of purpose as something that's singular. So purpose is something that's supposed to connect us to the heart of God so that we can grow in relationship and do life with God in whatever context that he has placed us in. But the way so many people treat purpose is like, God, I want you to give me the answer so I can know what I'm supposed to do with my life Mm -hmm. and then kind of move you out of the way and be the one in control and in charge and check all the right boxes and do all the right things. Going back to that transactional process we have with God. Transactional, exactly. And so for for me, what really clicked for me is when I I discovered that that your calling or your purpose it isn't discovered in a single day or a moment or even a season. It's cultivated through a lifetime of discoveries. So there are things about myself right now that God has placed in me, that God has placed on me, that God is inviting me into that I wouldn't have been able to articulate 10, 15 years ago. There's just no way. But as I've been faithful with each season, as I've been willing to be stretched, willing to grow, you know, my dad was talking about faithfulness and multiplication. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll break that down in a way that shows a very direct correlation between those two words. If you look at the word faithful, um, it, it really means full of faith, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So what is faithful is full of faith, and what is full of faith grows. Faith is dynamic, and what grows multiplies. Yeah. So that will tie faithfulness and multiplication. So when we understand that a part of discovering who we are in God is being full of faith, then two things are necessarily number necessary. Number one, the object of our faith, which is God, right? Like, do right. we believe, kind of like what I was talking about Friday night, do we mm-hmm. believe in the honor of his right. name? Do we believe that he is who he says he is? Do we believe that we are sons and daughters of God? That's the first part of it. Do we believe that he has a plan for our life, right? Good. So so that's the first part of it. The second part of it is our response to his faithfulness, and that is our faithfulness. Yeah. So right. we have to first believe that he is faithful, and from that place, we find the confidence yes. to be faithful. Like Absolutely. JB was saying today from Matthew 25, the, the one who didn't multiply was scared. 
Right. He had um, he had a wrong view. He didn't understand the heart of his master. He didn't understand the heart of his master. And so this this like fear orientation around calling and purpose, you know, you're not going to find this stuff in scripture. Okay, so let me let me break let me break something down. So the the Greek word kaleo is the word that we translate um, to calling in scripture. Okay, Greek word kaleo. If you look at Matthew 16, if you look at the moment between Jesus and Peter, right? When Jesus asked them, like, who who do they say that I am? And then he says, who do you say I am? And Peter says what he says. And Jesus looks at him and he says, hey, in your name is Peter. He's like, hey, you got my name right? So now I'm going to help you get your name right. Rock. And he says, and on on this... Now, in the Greek, it's really unclear what he's talking about. And there's been a lot of debate about what he's actually talking about when he says, on this, Mm. I'm going to build my what? Church. Ecclesia. 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 So, Ecclesia in Latin, Ecclesia Greek. They're both right. (laughs) I'm Italian. He's in Italian. So, and that word, okay, is from the Greek, ek which means origin or from, and kaleo, which is to call. So literally what it means, it means to call Mm. according to origin or to name according to origin. Like original design? Like original design. So what he's saying is saying, hey, the people who have this revelation, they're going to understand what this is all about. They're going to be the called out ones. They're going to be the called mm-hmm. up ones. And they're going to be the people who are going to turn the world upside down. Yeah. The people who have this revelation. Right. And so we've got to move away from the transactional, like, oh my gosh, God's trying to hide this from me. God's not hiding it from you. He's hiding it for you. So if you don't know yeah. now, Amen. it's because you're not ready to know. But as you pursue God, as you ask the questions, as you enter the tension, God's more invested in you getting it right than you are. Like I, yeah. people just need like, take a deep breath. Let me say that. Again. <laughs> God Seriously. is more invested in you getting your life right than you are. Period. Why do people get paralyzed when it comes to calling and purpose? Is it just that? Because we've done it so wrong. Because it seems like they can't move or I have to have this answer. And I, I'm frozen. So, so yeah, we have to. Yeah. So you have inertia, right? Which is the force that keeps you from getting an emotion. I, I, li- I like to say, look, God can do a lot with an imperfect step. He can't do yeah, much with on. no That's step, good. right? Say, like, say that again. God come on, do, say it God, again. God can do a lot with an imperfect step when we yield. Yeah. When we're humble, like I'm not with saying the right heart. with the right heart. Right. So, and, and I do like, we have this idea of God, like God's plan for our lives involves, and this and people might, this might mess with some people involve him shielding us, protecting us from ever doing anything that could be perceived as a failure or a mm-hmm. mistake. I'm going to guess that's not what you believe to be true. That's absolutely not okay. what I believe to be true. <laughs> It's just nice. because well, I'm out. <laughs> Actually, I need to check on the recording. Hold on. There's there's so much about this journey with God where I believe He kind of pulls back, and He's like, "Okay, I need you to understand that you're a creature of causation. Like that's a part of what it is to rule. Like it's learning the consequence of your choices. Now yeah. He protects us and He allows us to make those choices with an environment where we can learn and we're safe. But I look at my son, like. You you have kids. Mm-hmm. I have older kids. As they get older, I'm pulling back. You empower them by your more. pulling back. Absolutely. And I'm allowing them to make some choices where there's safety so they can learn from those choices. 
Yeah. And they can figure out, okay, wow, all right, so this is why my father's heart looks mm-hmm. the way it does. Or, okay, so this is what happens when I do X, Y happens. And it's yeah. good for them within the safety yeah. of a loving home to figure that out. That reminds me, sorry. No, I, I was just going to say, off. if we're really like created the way scripture talks us, talks about us, like created for cosmic rulership, I'm not talking like in the weird way Mormons <laughs> talk about it, but like seriously, <laughs> I'm like gonna eternal, become a God. yeah, eternal cosmic rulership right. yeah. where, where we're either like Paul writes about in first Corinthians, even like judging the angels. Yeah, he does. And, uh, and like, yeah. this Thanks. is, this is guys like, you better believe he's going to give us opportunities to, right? to, to make some decisions. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What I was saying is, um, that just reminds me of a, of a parenting pro tip that I heard once that said, my job isn't to control my child, it's to teach them to control themselves. And that just applies even when we're, when we're talking about failure. Um, it's just a really simple analogy. Thinking about two people, you, you say, hey, like, let's do a push-up contest. You take somebody who you know can do 20 push-ups and then somebody who you know can't. And you say, both, both of you do 20 push-ups. Well, the person who did 20 and the person who maybe failed at 15, you think, oh, that guy, that guy failed. Which is the person who actually probably is going to have some growth from that? The person who failed. So failing forward is, a, is a, an idea, like you said, that we shun away and we shy away from. But you ain't growing without no. some failures. No. All right, I'm going to ask a follow-up okay. challenging question. Okay. Maybe not for challenging. you, but challenging. we're to be led by the Spirit of God, correct? Yep. Jesus only did what he saw his father do. John you know? 5, yeah. Yeah, so you're, you're <laughs> yeah. tracking with me. I don't even have to finish it. It said what his father said. So where does that come to the person who's going, yeah, but I'm, I, I got to have this answer. And I got to know before I take a step because I'm only doing this. Are those going to play in opposition to that? Hey, pulling back, freedom to move in this place. How do you navigate those two thoughts? Yeah. So, have you ever studied Jesus's journey as far as like his pathways over those three plus years? Have you ever like looked the at actual it? Like the traveling, actually, path. like what he did. It's incredibly. I'm sure I have to a degree, but not I've to the degree at the you've looked at the maps. Right? Okay. Like, y'all, it's incredibly uh, unsystematic. Okay, mm-hmm. so let me. So it comes to being led by the Spirit. I'm. I think I have a really good answer for the question. <laughs> I, I you're, like you're, the you're way gonna, this yeah. pathway's you're, going. You're gonna, look, you, John, you tell me if you like this answer. Okay, Sweet. here, here it is. So, as long as you make an idol of the decision, you can't be led by the Spirit. As long okay, as okay, you need to say that one okay. more time, and then one packet. Okay, as long as you make an idol mm-hmm. of the decision, you will not be led by the Spirit. When you allow the decision, no matter, I don't care if it's who you're going to marry or what you're supposed to study mm-hmm. in college. I mean, honestly, I don't care what it is. As long as you make that bigger than God mm-hmm. and bigger than the reality of his purposes for your life and his leading by the spirit, you will not be led by the spirit. Yeah. Period. Mm. So what I find in my own life when I'm confused, when I'm dazed, when I'm uncertain, when I feel overcome by the moment, it's when I need to take a step back. Like we were talking about the men's retreat the men's conference and say, I am our here. father. Uh, yeah, I yeah. am here. That's a great prayer. But our father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. See mm. the, the Lord's prayer. And I, I didn't write a book on the Lord's prayer, but I use the Lord's prayer a lot in the book that you, I'm finishing writing. You, okay. That I, it's due on Tuesday. It's called oh, words with God. What are you doing here? I, well, I words to, with I, God. I, I, yeah. Like, That's cool. Like words like, yeah, you know, like, I know we want to have words with God sometimes, especially when it seems like he doesn't want to have words with us. 
Like, yeah. come on, like, let's just be real. So, a word, if I may. Yeah, a word, God. a word, if I may. God, we really, <laughs> need, to, we really need to have a conversation. <laughs> but, but Jesus, when he taught them the Lord's Prayer, uh, we turn it into a formula, but the key is the sequence. And if yeah. you think about prayer, most people begin prayer at the end of the prayer deliver me from this trial, right. from this temptation. But the way prayer is designed, as far as how the Son taught us to pray, is beginning our prayer mm-hmm. in the Otherness, just, <laughs> hey, just, just for you, John, Come just on. for you. The otherness of God and allowing his otherness, his power, his might, his holiness to reframe the largeness of the decision. Because if we're honest, like if you've lived for any amount of time, you could be honest and be like, you know what? That moment, even though that moment was really difficult, that moment wasn't what I thought it was. Like I came through that moment. Like that moment wasn't bigger than God. In that moment, that decision, that moment, that decision, whatever it is, like in that moment, it sure felt like that. But five years removed, ten years removed, one week removed, sometimes one day removed, one hour removed, it's like, man, maybe, maybe I was making too big of a deal. (laughs) Like maybe God is bigger than whatever that was. So I would tell people, and I have to do this for myself. Like, am I making this decision bigger than God? Mm. Because I can't tap into the wisdom. Remember. Fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. wisdom. So when we make God small, what happens? We lack yeah, wisdom, wisdom to make to the make decision. The right? And what, is, what does wisdom do? Like when you just practically, wisdom goes into situations that are confused Specific, okay, go for it. and muddled. <laughs> right. And there's a lack of clarity. Gives yeah. you application. And it can go in there and discern where, where other people, they don't see harmony. Mm-hmm. They don't see a path forward. Wisdom can go into dissonance on, and, be like, and be like, no, actually, this connects with that. And yeah. this needs to happen. And that needs to happen. That's what wisdom can do. And so when we feel frozen, like we don't know where to go, I'm telling you right now, the fear of the Lord is the what? The beginning of wisdom. Mm-hmm. You fear God. You put God in his right place. The power of God in your life is a, refract- right. is a reflection of the God over your life. Right. God gets in the right place. Boom. You have the power and the ability to make the decisions right. that you need and to make. That's what he does at, at the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. He's putting him in his proper place. Absolutely. And the fear of God isn't the same thing as the fear of making the wrong decision. Absolutely. That's you a go. big separation. Because I was connecting it. that. Yeah. Especially getting married. Like, God, what if it's wrong? What if right. it's wrong? And whenever I ask these transactional questions, is this the one? Is this it? Nothing. But when I followed the wisdom of the path he was leading me on, I found peace. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, but we stuff. want the transaction. It's the tra- easy. Because the yeah. tra- Well, it's, it's easy it's and it puts lot. us in control. Let me put it like Explain this. Explain that. I don't okay, get yeah. that yet. Yeah. Yeah. So transaction is the only way a lesser controls a greater. You're going to have to keep unpacking okay. it for me. So, <laughs> so Sinai. I'll use Sinai as an example. Exodus yes. 19, Exodus yep. 20. What happens? God comes to meet with the people. There's supposed to be a nation of priests. Exodus 19 is supposed mm-hmm. to be a nation of priests. There was no priestly tribe right. at this point. Like just for people you know out there, just want to make that point. We didn't have the Levites as the priests. That wasn't a thing. Yeah. But they refuse and they say, tell Moses, hey Moses, actually, you know, whatever God tells you to do, like God's too scary to other, whatever God tells you to do, we'll do it. But like don't let us get near God, otherwise we die. That was a way for them to basically say, hey, if we do X, Y, and Z, we can set the terms and make sure we stay on God's good side. Well, what happens in Exodus 32? They're worshiping a golden calf Mm -hmm. and they're calling it Yahweh, the name, God's name that's exclusively used for him. So through a transaction, there's this illusion of control because we're like, well, if we do this, then God, you have to do that. I get it now. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. And God's like, no, I don't, I actually don't work like that. <laughs> like I, I work through covenant and covenant is expansive. So covenant in a sense goes beyond our ability to understand control because it involves everything that we are and everything that we're called into, which is more than we can understand right now. And because it's more than what we can understand right now, it's more than what we can control right mm-hmm. now. That's why God is a God of covenant and not a God of contract. Right. Mm-hmm. So contracts define the terms of your separation. Covenants define the terms of us staying together that's because good. we are wow, not separate. I think you might need to say that again yeah, too. You didn't, you didn't have a real wrap up on... Uh, <laughs> Covenant, but contract, <laughs> like, contracted terms, the the terms of separation. separation. So it's, it's all about if you do this, we're done. We're done. It's, we're done. It's all, mm. So it's oriented on Come separation, on. whereas good. covenant is like, no, no, this is this the is expansiveness together, of who we are together, right. and this is why I'm fighting for you, fighting with you. And even like what JB was sharing today about righteousness, and I share this at the men's meeting, but that's one of the most misunderstood words righteousness like we really don't get what that means and what it really means is covenantal faithfulness now everything else like right standing all of that it's i it's was a, gonna say right it, standing it's, with god but it's forensic right meaning it's legal and mm-hmm. that's a part of it but it's secondary the okay. primary is a relational reality of righteousness which is we are a family i belong to you and you belong to me mm-hmm. and because of that you are in right standing you get, you see, yeah. you see. You get, there's, there's a, it's a, that's very important. You get the heart of the matter. You do, and that's an important distinction, because if you don't get that right, you can very easily make right. You get outside of the Abba Father reality too. You do. Okay, a rebuttal. That's not really a rebuttal. Yeah, no, it's just that's a question. Good. I liked your answer. You asked. No, it, it was, a, it was a good I answer. Did. It makes me feel warm inside. Oh, but when we talk about right standing with God, we think, well, because of our sin, we even see this, you know, the wrath of God was actually put upon Jesus upon the cross. And so are you quoting 2 Corinthians 5? Yeah. Okay. So, um, nice I'm, references. I appreciate the references. Yeah, thank you for the references. No, you're, you're welcome. Because I'm saying we might need to go there so we can break it down. Yeah. If you really, you both have really your Bibles and I don't. <laughs> hey, wait, wait. We dressed right, on, the same. Hold though. on. We did. Yeah. We did. Hold on. I'm just gonna turn. No, yeah. Go to there. Bring some clarity. I, I, I like and I love what you're saying. I yeah. just think there's there's the people who talk about well because of what Jesus did on the cross, he took the wrath that was meant for us upon himself. That's why we have right standing, and that's what that's the whole basis behind why they say righteousness is right standing with God. Yeah. So I, I think you're you're not saying that that's not what it is. You're saying the more important reality of righteousness you got is a... relational. <laughs> what do you I think? That was like, so, like a gnome downstairs. <laughs> okay. No, unpack. Y'all, Go for this, it. This would take hours. We don't have hours. This would, Actually, this our would, clock's up, but this, you, you got to break it. This, keep talking. Right, can, can, I, can I just leave with a question? Yes. No. Can I, can I, no, can I leave, you're not leave. finishing No, can this. I leave you with you a question? You can't leave me. With, I, uh, uh, that's too maybe, other. Maybe, maybe we <laughs> just, maybe other. we take this, maybe we take this offline. We can. And we, we, we can, can keep can break, talking, We though. can break it down more. Um, but I, I will say all of it, all of it does work, but it would require some more conversation. And it would require a pretty deep dive into 2 Corinthians 5 and 6 and Romans Three and four and five and Galatians three and four to <laughs> really <laughs> and hold on hold on we would need can to, we say all of Paul's writing if we're, we're about there yeah well no, Paul's yeah anyway there's so much there's so much I want to say right now but let me let let's me just, unpack that verse though in Second Corinthians which one you open your Bible five. you got to at least read a scripture and give us one thought on that scripture okay all this 
This is, I'm going to go with 2 Corinthians 5. We'll start with 18. What you really need to look at for people listening out there, Hebrews 5 through 9. Okay. Because that's that's a very uh, Jewish understanding of the law and atonement and everything there. Okay. But we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll just go right here. All this <laughs> is from God who mm-hmm. through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ... God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God for our sake. He made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He sat it down as if you should get all the revelation from that, so, just from what he on, read. I, I'm not to, disagreeing with what no, you no, said. No, I love no, what you no, said. No, no, because I feel like these are questions mm-hmm. that people should have to wrestle with. So I'm not, even, the I'm not even going to give the answer, because this is a really great question that you asked. <laughs> because I could give an answer, and it's cheap. Well, not necessarily. And, and pe- no, I'm just saying, like, if people discount it, and they can yeah. find a reason. This is where you can really I have get, to wrestle with it. But they missed the process. I'm going to give you something, though. Okay. Okay? So... This is a rhetorical question. I don't need an answer. Good, because it would probably be wrong. So, is the cross man's sacrifice to God or God's sacrifice for man? Do not answer it. Think about it. Hmm. So, think about that. So I'm gonna leave that there. Gonna, just think about it. You don't need to embrace the sounds of God podcast. Boom. Uh, just okay. It's there. All right. Second, I've got some tension second, right yeah, now. Yeah, there's tension. You've, it's good. you've created tension. And that's and that's good. Okay. Um, the second, and I'll actually give you a fact. <laughs> there's nowhere in Scripture where it talks about us reconciling ourselves to God. Hmm. It only talks about God reconciling us to Him. Wow. Nowhere in Scripture. So, I see. I I don't know how to respond because I'm not allowed to respond. Okay, you we're can't. we're out of time. But I wanted to ask. One. <laughs> I had another question. Well, okay, you said right. you didn't know how to respond. So another, I was take another it question. I was no, it was, a, it was a question on something else. Question. Yeah, but it it wasn't about interpreting scripture. It was more about leadership. Yeah, what do you do? But it might open up another can of worms. I'm just gonna ask it. Romans 13. No, <laughs> no. Uh, your your father made mention in service about how great you were at building teams and leading teams. And I have to build and lead teams, and so does John. I so do. There's a lot of other people. Yeah. It can be very frustrating. We don't have to dive into it. But if I were to give you my department right now, which is all of productions, and I say you need to build a team, what's your go-to first step? Um, well, I think go-to first step is, as a leader, understand the, the purpose of the team. Okay. Number one, yep. like so, you have to have a very clear purpose, mission. What does it look like to win as a team? Um, and then, as a leader, it's really important to define how you do that. So, how you win as a team. Mm-hmm. That's when you get into values. Like this yeah. is how we operate. This is how we interact. Yep. Objectives, um, mission, all that kind of stuff. So that's all important for you to work out as a leader. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if you're a leader under leader, you want to make sure that you and leader, you both have right. alignment as yep. to what that is. And then what I find to be very important from there is you bring in the the nuance that each one of your team members offers by seeking to understand them, yeah. learn them, figure them out. Each one of them will be different. Each one of them will require you to lead them differently. That's right. one of my, I, if, I, if I were to like say, 
And that's very kind. What my dad said about me as a leader, I, I've just made a lot of mistakes and <laughs> I've been given true? a lot of opportunity. <laughs> I've been given a lot of opportunities to make mistakes and to learn to be a leader. But in and, that craftsmanship, it was a safe place to make those mistakes right? and grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I pray for some of the people who I led early on in my leadership <laughs> because yeah. I look at them and I'm like, man, I could have been such, like, I could have been a much better leader for mm. you. But honestly, yeah. I've had those people reach out to me in different seasons and be like, man, I just want to thank you for your leadership. So that's just a You're comfort. Like, I'm, job, like, and I'm like, y'all, I'm telling you, like, thank God that God does a perfect work through imperfect leaders. Like just, yeah. and that's not an excuse to be imperfect, but it's just the reality of the yes, fact that we're growing and we're learning. And so we need to be humble or sit down. Um, so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come on. Right. Uh, so, so learning each person Theory. and yeah. tailoring leadership to each person is one of my greatest strengths as a leader. I can figure out a person through personality tests, through just common sense, through all the above. So use assessments, questionnaires, use questions. So I mean, right now I have about um, eight direct reports right now. Then they all lead teams. Okay. They're all leading either teams or departments. I think one, no, they all lead teams. Okay. And so for me, I have two directors that I meet with every single week. Everyone else I meet with every other week where I sit down with them for 30 minutes and it's me and them. And all I'm doing is asking like, how can I serve you? How can I advocate for you? What are your biggest challenges right now? If you were to rate where you're at right now, scale from one to 10, what is it? I'll give them a few different, and I'm just asking them this and we go through and that's the purpose of now we're going to meet about projects and stuff like that, ad hoc meetings, recurring project meetings. And then I do a weekly director's meeting with all of them. So all okay. of them are in the room with me once a week. We do um, we do something where we're developing them, or I'll share something. We run through all of our organizational projects. I have my director of operations. We run through all of them. We talk about the points of tension. We have some words. It's wonderful. We encourage rumbling in that setting. Healthy confrontation. Healthy confrontation. And we call it rumbles. Like we're gonna. <laughs> that, I, and I'm let's like, get ready to rumble. And I'll stir. Like I'll stir the pot if people aren't voicing <laughs> opinions. Like I'll. Now, people say you have to develop a level of trust to have that, but is it trust sometimes developed in those rumbling sessions? It is when it's handled right. Right. So trust is developed when you do something wrong. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. When you do something wrong and you're not thrown out, when people seek to understand you through and beyond Mm -hmm. the mistake and they see you, like that's, those are moments of trust. Where golden trust yeah. is gold. built. Oh yeah. yeah, or like when you fail someone, and this is why like Matthew 18 talks about going to your brother. When you mm-hmm. fail your brother and you go to your brother and you humble yourself and you're like, yeah. I failed you, I am sorry. Or, hey, you failed me and this is what it did to me. Obviously you don't use that language, but that's what I'm, <laughs> you failed that's what me. I'm communicating. Your brother's like, wow, I can yeah. trust you. Like I can screw up and this is how you're gonna respond. This is safe. Like, let's remember right. humility creates safety. Let's do stuff together. Yeah. Let's well rumble. Let's well get said. through it. Yeah, so good. we do that. And then we will highlight different things and all that kind of stuff. So, so for me, the strength has been doing that with yeah. my team. So building a team. So again, you got to start with why mm-hmm. does the team exist? Cause you could be all like kind and wonderful and sweet to people and that, but if they don't feel like they're a part of something meaningful and they're contributing right. to it and it's making a difference. Like you as a leader, your responsibility is to show them how that's happening. Like yeah. you need to be the one putting that in front of them. So I start every single meeting by showing our directors how much we are winning, how much they are winning. Like that's how I start the meeting. Yeah. 
Like it's That's just good. like this is what you're doing. This is awesome, and you know you call people out, you celebrate, and especially those people who act like they you know, they're all shy and stuff, they love it. You know, you call them out <laughs> in public settings. They're like, oh, man. The project right there. <laughs> call call out the shy oh, people. They that. actually love it. <laughs> they do. They do. Now, there's a right way to do it, but they right. they do. They do love it. How many of your eight direct reports are direct reports are paid positions? All of them. Okay. So Do you think you're, you're navigating volunteers, volunteers, which is another that, world. Not to say that that is impossible. Though what you're saying is completely applicable. There is some rough waters to navigate when you're dealing with paid positions versus. Dude, I can't even but imagine. Communicating the value is the most important because even a volunteer, if they believe in the value of something, will dedicate their time mm. to it. I think. I've always thought when I look at churches and church teams that are, especially the ones comprised of like volunteers yeah. and paid positions. Like that must be so hard to lead. It's a little difficult. Those teams. There, there's things that need to be navigated. So I have mad respect for you too. <laughs> awesome. Because my job's a lot easier than. You know, I, I am not the COO of anything. Um, I I tr- I think that your job is incredibly difficult, but you handle it with grace, and you're very. Uh, you're a person that we both really look up to. Yeah. Thank oh, you so much for being here today. Thank you. But it's an honored to be here. Yeah, we could talk for hours, but we can't. But before we go, we like to do one thing we call the wisdom of the day. The wisdom of the day. Wisdom yeah, of the day. It's basically a key takeaway. Somebody who's listening to the podcast, you say, out of the 45 minutes that we talked, this is the one point I want you to get. And we all, or wow. or something that spoke to we, you. We Resonated, maybe caused yeah. some tension, maybe some otherness in that statement. <laughs> of today? Yes. Of, of, our, our, con- of our conversation. Yeah, so this is no, the thought of, of it. Of lunch when we were lunch enjoying we were Maybe write salmon. everything down, yeah. but I'm a simple man. Sometimes I have to take one theme one away thing. and go from it and grow from it. So that's going to be different for our listeners, but for us specifically, yeah. you don't have to go first because we didn't even warn you about okay, the wisdom yeah, of the day beforehand. That's good. I can start off okay, with this. My wisdom off. of the day... That's why you're writing stuff down during this episode. Yeah. See, you were prepared. It's just my you time. Just, okay. Yeah, I just yeah. I didn't even bring my Bible. You guys both have your Bibles. Uh, and I'm going to need you to say it correctly, and it's great to hear it again. But I really enjoyed and appreciated what you said about making an idol out of the decision. Can you say that whole statement? Don't make an idol out of the decision. Then there was something after that. What was that? Man, do you remember? Let's see if I remember. I said, "Well, you said the Holy Spirit will never lead you if you're making an idol out of the decision." If you, yeah, that was it. And and I should, I I should have said the Holy Spirit will never lead you. I said you can't be aware. There's too much static. There's too much chaos to hear the clarity of what. Like the Holy Spirit can overcome your imperfections and even your stubbornness, and that's why I constantly pray Philippians two. God, give me the will to will. Like even in those places where I haven't fully surrendered, like teach me how to fully surrender. So I would say there's static. When you make an idol of whatever the decision is, there's static that keeps you from receiving clarity, direction, peace from God. So that was the wisdom of the day, but the. What I got out of that and the revelation I got out of that is the fear of God is not the same thing as the fear of making that's, the wrong dude, decision. Dude, that was you. Yeah. That's that what you well, that Sometimes was you the wisdom of the day good. is what you get out of it. And that's what I want the listeners to get something out of it that they yeah. carry, not just from what I say, but what God's speaking to them yeah, from what I we say. <sighs> I should have wrote something down. That was a lot. I'm going to have to listen to it again. I think at the very beginning, though, when we, our initial first question, we were talking about being faithful with another man's vision, um, which is like, Bible 101, and you said it was a lost art, um, which I thought was just kind of crazy. But uh, 
I think you said this, maybe you didn't say it, but this is what I pulled out of it because you're so concerned with developing your own vision Mm -hmm. that you won't submit to somebody else's. But in reality, your vision will never get off the ground until you make somebody else's vision your own in the sense that you're stewarding it. Like, because in my mind, when I'm stewarding something, I'm not like, yeah, I'll I'll take care of it, but it's really his. I got to make it my own. Yeah. Um, and so you'll never get your own vision off the ground if you don't take some ownership in your stewardship, if that makes sense. And those were the words of Jesus to tell you, steward right. what is another man's. man's. How will right. you be given what is your own? Are yeah. the true riches? Right. Yeah, so there's so right. many people stuck at phase one of their, you know, their plan of life. Um, but they're, they're, they're stuck there because they will not submit to another man's vision. And you just look at it in scripture, um, even, you know, with, um, oh gosh, with Jacob. Um, is it Jacob? And Rebecca, oh gosh, Leah and Rebecca in the time. Yeah, and he he had to serve his dad for seven years, and then he's her like dad for seven, seven years. years. Yeah. I, is that is that the yeah, right yeah, story? Yeah, okay, yeah, well he was. Yeah. Anyways, you know he had yeah he was very strict. He had a plan yeah. that he wanted to. Uh, no, he was strict. Oh. He was strict. Well, he was strict, well, he too. Was strict his, the about, dad like, was the, very strict. The, yeah, he was. And he, he was the, strict. The trickery produced an opportunity to have some strict dedication. Yeah, there, there was, there was a, tri- trickery and strickery. <laughs> trickery and strickery. It'll get you every time, folks. Oh, my goodness. No, what am I saying? No, no, it's good. And even even yeah. like what John was saying today about <clears throat> Joseph and Potiphar. Like, yes. If, if Joseph That's was just a better do- example. If Joseph was just doing what Potiphar <laughs> yeah. told him to do. Right exactly how Potiphar told him to do it, then Potiphar would know exactly what was going on in his house. Right. But Joseph made it better. So his stewardship, he caught Potiphar's vision. Right. And then he did a better job actuating his vision. Or Joshua with Moses. Yeah. Or Elijah and Elisha. Elisha and Elijah. Elisha and Elijah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yeah, that's the point I'm trying to make. Very rarely, I don't think you you see it where God is going to call someone to step out before they've actually served under I someone. Know, I know just with my friends and people that I know, their endeavors aren't, I'm going to get here and I'm going to like grow here and I'm going to serve under this person. It's like, I want my thing. Yeah. I yeah. want to entrepreneur. I want to be that. Yeah. I want to go out. They don't see the need for that time and that right. craftsmanship, which pulls off a lot. It doesn't eliminate difficulty and tension, but it eliminates the pressure of having to have right. it right off the bat. So one way that I, I like to put it is if you don't serve now, you'll become a slave later. Mm. So Say it again. So, Come on, say it again. So if you don't serve now, you'll become a slave later. And we're yeah. seeing this. People become a slave to success, slave mm. to whatever it is that causes them to compromise their values and their lives fall apart in the season when they should be flourishing and moving at the fastest pace and having the most impact, their lives are falling apart. And that often happens when they don't learn how to serve and Mm. cultivate the humility and the understanding that comes only through serving. That is why Paul makes a statement in Galatians 3 and 4, even when he's going back to Sinai, which I don't (laughs) don't want to get into all that right now, but he's talking about how if the son doesn't know what it is to be a son for the son's sake, the son has to be a servant. Right. Even though he's a yeah, son. He's a- and so there is a season where we have to learn like what it is to be a servant. So one, we can honor those who serve, like if we're in a leader, so that we can honor them. I see We've so been many through leaders. that process. We've been through, we understand what that is like. And and I just want to, like those of you out there, you might be thinking like, well, I don't feel seen. I don't feel known. I'll, I'll just share, I can't go into detail, but I'll just share this. I, in the span of a week, I was having one of those moments where I was kind of like feeling sorry for myself 
like, God, I've been faithful. I've been heads down. Like no one knows me. Like how, like, if, am I just doing this because I'm John's son? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I had three job offers in one week, wow. completely out of the blue. Two of them to lead massive organizations to be like the CEO, step into the position. Of, and, and I prayed about it and God was like, no, I've called you. I've called you to serve. But it was one of those moments where God was like, look, I see you and I can pull things from places. I can present that, this to you and it's still not be my will, but to show you that you are seen, you are known and you're having impact. Absolutely. Like those are probably tests as well. You passed the test. Wow. Praise God. So glory. good job. Addison. Is that your wisdom? Or do you wait, want to... wait, time out. I know. So you paid great attention to our wisdom of the day, but did that give you enough time to develop your own wisdom? Of I don't the day? know. I mean, I feel like the wisdom that y'all shared was really good. <laughs> That's a classic guest answer, can but I, we're I, not going to allow can't, that. To, can't that doesn't echo. cut it. I can't echo your wisdom. You can. Well, when you say I'll it like that, I almost. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so I think, I think going back to what we're talking about prayer specifically, and y'all, I was telling you words with God coming out April, mm-hmm. 2023. Come on. Plug boom, for the boom, book. Boom, there boom. you go. Uh, y'all, I've been writing it for two years, two years. By it has reshaped my life in yeah. the way I pray. Like really? completely reshaped my life. I need help in my prayer life. Really? Yeah, I do. But well, it's, I, I'm not going to get that maybe vulnerable. You should just take some extra time. I'll leave. Well, listen, I am here <laughs> Thank praying you. that will rock. Like, it'll here. it'll yeah. wreck you. Good. Like, honestly, awesome. like, really meditating in that, even the things that we're talking about yes. with calling and purpose, praying, I am here yeah. and surrendering yes, here, here, the eternal now. So surrendering for those it. who weren't in the men's conference, you were talking about how I am here means God, I'm present in this moment. And then God, I'm here in this situation. I'm not where I was. I'm not where I want to be. And what was the last aspect of it? Was well, let me see. No, no, let me see if you can get it. Was it God saying I'm here? Yes. Okay. See, good. I shared that for 60 seconds, good. 90 seconds, and you remembered it and you could repeat it to me. <laughs> that just shows you how powerful yeah. that is. Yeah. Praying, I am here. Yeah. Deep breath. I am here. When yeah. God gave me that, it completely, like, that wrecked me. That's good. Um, but I would say going back, so kind of a combination of a few, fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And how that gives us the wisdom right. to navigate the good. moment. Yes. And because um, it is the beginning of wisdom. But going back to our prayers, like, are we starting our prayers, our petitions from this place of hallowed? Like, you are our right. Father, one, number mm-hmm. one, like, Relational, Father, yeah. hallowed be your name. Like, your mm, name yes. is bigger. Your kingdom come, your will right. be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's bigger than whatever I'm about ready to bring to you, whether that's an ability to forgive someone or that's daily bread right. that I'm asking for. Right. It's an idea or it's a trial or a temptation that I find myself in the midst of. That right there, if people get that, if we get that, the people called by God, called by yeah. his name, get that, it changes everything. Praise God. How would be his name? How would be your name? That was amazing. Thank you so much, Addison. Yeah, and there, we, there's one thing that we didn't tell you about. We also not just end this podcast with the wisdom of the I'm day, but nervous. he. All right, if you don't know, listener, uh, Jonathan gets up and checks, but he. No, gets we up. have you perform a, a a trick, a talent. Do you juggle? I do. All right, let's do it. <laughs> no, we like to have our guests pray us out of the podcast. Would yeah. you be willing to do that? Absolutely. Yeah, Father, we thank you that you call us sons and daughters. We thank you that you see us, that you love us, that you are for us, and that you also call us higher. You speak to the promise, you speak to the destiny in our lives. 
And we, we don't take that lightly. We don't take it for granted. And so, Father, I pray for every single person listening right now. I pray that you would awaken the courage, the tenacity, the ability to have active patience, to have confident expectation in you and your faithfulness and your goodness, God. I pray that they'd be led by your spirit. I pray that they would not allow the challenges or the opportunities before them to overwhelm the reality and certainty of who you are in their lives, God. I pray that the peace that surpasses all understanding would guard their hearts and their minds and that they would find themselves fully equipped for everything that you have called them to do in each and every season in Jesus name. Amen. 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 That's amen. three amens. All right. Well, that's Finality. it. I really hope next time you're with us, Addison, that you'd come back on this podcast. Absolutely. Be fun. All right. So those who are listening, like share, subscribe and tune in next week uh, for the song of growing podcast with J&J. &J.